0: When we're young, we move with freedom and confidence, with a great resilience to injury. Somewhere along the line, we develop poor habits and become more vulnerable to back pain. Smart Strong features evidence-based and practical advice to help you take back control of your health and get back to the activities you love. This is your guide to better health through movement. So join us as we demystify some of the commonly held beliefs about back pain and build your confidence to a stronger back, the smart Pain. Welcome back to the Smart Strong Podcast with me, Ben James, and uh, a good friend and co-host, Jacob Stay. Morning, Jacob. Good morning, Ben. So last time we talked abdominals and anterior abdominal wall, today we're talking about the posterior muscle group. There's a lot of muscles involved here. Uh, Some of those we're going to talk about on on another episode. They're, They're a little bit more unique, or should we say separate to to the muscles we want to focus on today which are the extensors so latissimus dorsi soas and ql quadratus lumborum we're going to talk about in a different episode today we're focusing on the extensors and some of those smaller muscles the rotatories, intertransversari, that offer proprioceptive um, function within the spine and contribute um proprioceptively to to spine health again we're going to talk about some of the mistakes that we're making or with the, that we're seeing and um, with people trying to train these muscles or just not being aware of these muscles. And then we're going to focus on some of those exercises that are important to train these muscles and how we should train these muscles effectively. What our goal should be with some of these muscles. Again, so we, we can be improving spine health, improving stability and making sure we've got a resilient and strong back. So, Jacob, where do we start? So we introduce some of those smaller muscles first and talk about those and some of their Um, mechanisms and the role that they play and then we move on to the the extensor specifically and talk exercises
1: sure Uh, the small ones you mentioned already that are not really functioning as a uh, primal spinal mover but more as a uh, what we call a transducer something that tells the brain more of the position between vertebrae those are the rotatoris and the transversari transversari and originally when these muscles were dissected the anatomists thought that they're actually contributing to rotation and lateral bending of the spine but we know now from uh, looking at like you said looking at uh, the um, actual function of these muscles when they're measured when we do rotate through the spine or when we bend laterally they're actually not doing so much
0: yeah and, and uh, th- there was a good study on the the rotatories if you if you take the the right side because there's there's rotatories on left and right of the spine very close to the spine obviously because they're attached to the vertebra but if you rotate to the left actually you see more activity in the the rotatories on the right which uh-huh. suggests they're reacting to that stretch and therefore like you say that um, there's that, that proprioceptive, that, that joint position sense, that feedback to the brain about the spine movement rather than it contributing directly to the movement. And again, it's yep. back to that anatomical thinking of, well, they attach there to there, and if they do that, then that means that they rotate the spine, hence the name.
1: Exactly. No. And that that's a very clever system. Now, well, there was another study uh, quite a while ago already, um, 80s or 90s, I think, where they looked at the spindles in the muscle and I think it's something like on average between 4.5 to 7 times more spindles in the rotatoris than in other back extensor muscles which means they they pick up a lot more what happens to them when they become stretched like you just like you just explained uh,
0: yeah and, and just for the listeners those those spindles just briefly in terms of a definition there do you, do you want to just touch on that so people are aware
1: yeah, um, those are just uh, um, little organs which picks up whether the muscle is getting stretched and how much, okay. which then sends the information to the brain. And the brain then uses that information to either use other muscles or muscle groups to protect the area. So kind Where,
0: of a stretch reflexes effectively. So muscles are stretching a bit too tight, feedback to the brain, and then other muscles react to say, hang on a minute, we're going too far. As a, as exactly. a, in layman's terms to, to make it, you know, easy for the listener. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, so I think those are the, the little muscles that like, really close to the spine, like we said, not really doing very much in terms of actually moving the spine. Well, then we have the second group that we mentioned we're going to talk about today, and those are the extensors, uh, mainly longissimus and uh, iliocostalis. Shall I just talk a little bit more about them? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. So they are running quite close to each other. They are multi-segmental, which uh, means for the layman, they're not crossing only one uh, joint complex in terms of two vertebrae, but they actually run across multiple vertebrae, and some of them are multiple, multiple vertebrae. So they're very long muscles along the spine. And um, so they have, you know, the, the more vertebrae they cross, the bigger Lever arm they have, so the more influence they have on the extension.
0: Yes, yeah, and and when you look at some of the uh, anatomical texts and and diagrams and pictures, again, some of these tendons, particularly from the middle of the back, the kind of thoracic region, they extend right the way down to the sacrum, that that base of the the spine, if you like. So some of these tendons are very long, uh, and therefore, when we're when we're extending, it's important to mention the. Um, thoracolumbar fascia this again this fibrous sheet of tissue which is an important it's not a muscle obviously but it's an important structure here because it acts as a bit of a sleeve what we call a retinaculum around those tendons to to help keep them close to the spine as it were or close to the body and, and in check
1: I guess yeah, are are you talking about the thoracolumbar fascia now yes
0: yeah just to add into that around you know especially when you mention those tendons cuz some of them are so long the the kind of moment arm if you were that that lever is very effective um yeah. but but they they have that potential I, I suppose to bow out um without that retinaculum keeping them in check
1: yes so um just to talk a little bit more about the uh, retinaculum the thoracolumbar fascia this is a, a, a fibrous um, tissue, quite spread out over the back of the the back, and it's it offers a lot of protection, which means it actually gives a lot of uh, stability, passive stability to the the low back. Um, yeah. Do you want to add to that then?
0: Yeah, and and again, I think back to you know we talk about not isolating these muscles. We're isolating them on the podcasts to talk about them, but the the abdominal wall again. Um, extends round and, and has joined with this thoracolumbar fascia as does the latissimus dorsi so again it's creating that that barrel but with particular yeah. reference to the extensor muscles it acts as that retinaculum that's that sleeve as well but like you say it it's an important structure when we're looking at stability and and function of these muscles whilst not being a a muscle itself
1: yeah so If we look at how we actually train these muscles, especially longissimus and iliocostalis, um, there's quite a bit of a controversy about how to train these muscles. Same as when we look at the anterior abdominal wall, um, which we talked about in the previous episode. Um, First of all, it's safe to say that we we work with these muscles together with the rest of the muscles around the core in an orchestra. Like we always do to try to make sure that every every muscle possible working together is actually offering more stability, yeah yeah, yeah, um and so we, we these muscles are called extensors, which means we're we're bending the back backwards, and this just to clarify, this is not bending through the hip, so we're not using the glutes this is we're purely talking spinal extension, yeah. Right, so, um, so the, the general take on this is, okay, let's lie flat on the floor, keep the arms and legs straight above our head and, and the legs straight out down and then raise the legs and raise the arms. And so now we're bending through the low back and now we're working the extensors.
0: So when we're lying on our front
1: there. Yeah. yeah, that's what a lot of people would think. That's what we got to do to train these muscles. Yes, right. yeah. And, and then we're actually we're doing a sort of reverse sit-up but we're yes. lying on our belly. And now we're working these extensors. I, you know, I see a lot of people doing this when I go to the gym. Luckily, not my gym, but uh, other gyms. <laughs> <laughs> and um, So but that's actually something that we, we don't really encourage you to do.
0: No. And, and what's the reason for that? Again, presumably back to the, the compressive load on the spine that that can create as one, one problem.
1: Yeah. So, so we know compressing the spine top down in a neutral spine posture would be the most ideal and most safe way to do that so that's encouraging all the muscles around the barrel uh to do to do the job together and so we create the stiffness which is obviously creating a lot of compression but in a safe way Um, compared to if we do this often called superman exercise lying on your tummy on the floor raising your your legs and your arms you're actually compressing the disc at the back yeah, the, the back, the back part of the spine is getting compressed more, and we're we're not working stability, we're not working with uh, stiffness.
0: Yes, yeah, and again, you know, we, we've we kind of advise the exercise, particularly for for, for patients, or, or specifically if for patients suffering from uh, disc herniation or aggravation, that that lying on the front and uh, a relaxation exercise to extend backwards is is a. A good exercise for relief, but what we're saying is, again, back to not training that, that specific spine movement, as in trying to train those muscles into extension of the spine. We're saying keep that neutral sp- posture because, again, we can train those muscles effectively, particularly endurance, which is what we're aiming for, in that neutral posture. Again, it's back to that isometric non-contractile uh, stressor. Of the muscles as opposed to we must shorten that muscle and create movement to exercise that muscle
1: exactly and, and a good example is doing a deadlift it, it's just explaining exactly what you were mentioning now there's ideally no extension through the low back the extension comes from the hips so we're locking down the shoulders on the hips we're tightening the barrel around the core uh, the abdomen and so we, we keep the back stiff and obviously the depending on the weight that you're picking up the extensor muscles that we're mentioning now they're going to work very hard but we want to use the rest of the muscles around the barrel to maintain this neutral spine and so yes. we don't lose we don't lose this neutral spine so we go into extension of the low back like we quite often see with a deadlift which now means that we get unwanted directional forces going through the the discs yeah. and um and, and and this will this will cause further problems, maybe in other parts as well.
0: Yeah. So so kind of back to we f- we focused a lot about keeping the neutral spine and avoiding flexion when we're doing things like deadlifts or or exercises in general. And the same rule applies in terms of the the risk to anatomy of the spine if we were to do the reverse, as in do a deadlift, but then kind of almost throw that back into extension, as it were. So still breaking from neutral but in the opposite direction
1: exactly and exactly Um, you know i'm not going to elaborate on it too much but that goes if we look a little bit broader it goes into the maybe not strong enough glutes so we're taking more work we're getting more work from the uh, back extensors maybe uh, tight psoas pulling the pelvis forward Uh, weak abdominal wall on the front which means we're giving again more work to the extensors, so they all it all goes together. Um, and what we see quite often is if, if you know young guys going too quick, they're building up the deadlift too quick, going too fast, and giving too much work, and you know, in a couple of months to the extensors. Yeah, they they're not creating strength in a balanced way. No,
0: and and what you often see is that with those guys is they kind of go a bit too enthusiastic. And they're trying to use momentum, so the the weight's too heavy. So they kind of almost throw the back up and extend to get the to get the weight off the floor, rather than focus on let's lighten the load, let's look at technique, and let's move from the hips. And that's where you see, you know, there's 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 the risk of muscle strain, ligament damage if you're throwing that back into extension to try and lift the weight.
1: Exactly, and I I, don't, I want to add to this. What I typically see in our gym is the, the person that comes twice a week to do CrossFit and may do lifting twice a week, they are less likely to get injured because they have five days of the week to recover. But you're, not that I'm justifying it, but you've got your other more enthusiastic uh, athlete who comes five, five, four five times a week. They have less time to recover going into the same movement quicker, um onto each other you know not taking a lot of rest between training sessions yeah and um that's when we start seeing you know that back ache and um and 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 other problems leading from that onwards yeah
0: and and just back to kind of exercise in general do you find that a lot of people you you see um when you're talking about exercises they they often say yeah i do sit-ups and i and i'm training that anterior abdominal wall and the the back the lower back is avoided you know I've got a friend at the moment that I'm I'm working with on on his recurring back issues he's a, he's well trained so again he's one of these guys you'd think he's athletic he's training he's strong but he openly admits he does nothing in terms of training for his his lower back in terms of endurance or anything absolutely nothing it just seems to be an area of muscle that and a group of muscles that is is overlooked and not considered at all somehow
1: yeah Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, What I, you know, if I, shall I mention a good exercise, I think that we can all use for for the back is the uh, Sorensen hold. Uh, The Sorensen hold is usually done with a uh, CrossFit uh, GHD machine. And that's where you, um, sometimes called the Roman chair, it's where you have your feet underneath you have your feet hooked in underneath a couple of cushions you have a couple of cushions on your thighs with your belly facing the floor um, then you straighten your body straight out from heel to head and you just simply hold it horizontal for 20-30 seconds so we're not moving up and down bending through the hips we're just holding it still for 20-30 seconds Um, But the the danger here is that, you know, we're going to lose the low back going into a hollow low back position, which means the low back muscles, the extensors are going to take over. Instead of actually squeezing the glutes, Mm -hmm. almost twisting the hips a little bit forward. So, you know, flattening out your low back. Not too much, obviously. You don't want to lose the lumbar curve and the neutral. But if you can maintain that position for a while, it's a great exercise for the low back.
0: Yeah, no, no. It's an it's an exercise that you were showing me when I was out in, in Holland training, uh, not too too long ago, and and the focus was very much on the on the glutes. Do you think it's an exercise here that is this a good beginner exercise or should we should we be really introducing this further down the line? Because again, a lot of people that I've seen doing a similar exercise in the local gym where I'm at are are moving through the back they're not focused they've they've got the the uh, equipment positioned in the wrong way so then they're kind of almost introducing flexion down and then extension back from the spine rather than from the hips and also yeah. it's one of those that can put a lot of again a lot of compressive load through the spine so if there's someone that does have particularly uh, painful back again we're saying you know maybe maybe there's something easier to do before this exercise you think
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, no, it's it's you know it's not an exercise that you can only do when you're an advanced athlete simply because mm-hmm. the Sorensen hold is not it's not you're not bending through the hips you're just holding it still, which means it makes it relatively safe if your technique is good. And um, mm-hmm. I suggest you look at the videos and the programs we offer, uh, where we actually explain this very well. Make sure you do it in a safe way. Yeah. But the it's definitely not a starting point. You know something like the bird dog on hands and knees where you have the opposite arm and leg stre- stretched out in front of you and then hold it for 10 seconds that's already working the extensors a hell of a lot yeah. especially if you if you if you're you have an injured back then I'd I'd prefer you starting with something like that for example
0: yeah and again it's trying to it's trying to move uh, it's trying to keep that pelvis and those shoulders um, working as a unit or 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 stationary really extending and you want to see these glutes move first or fire first but then it's still going to have an impact on that lower back and those extensors like you say
1: yeah yeah absolutely so yeah (laughs) i think there's a lot of exercises we can look at um yeah but um i think that what i mean the main message is that we understand that like you mentioned before the people neglect training the extensors and Quite often, if they do train the extensors, they over overtrain the extensors.
0: Yes, with uh, and what you find is, you know, those exercises like the deadlift, and um, that we know are very, very good. If 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 our technique is very good, they're fantastic for lower back um, training and conditioning. But a lot of these muscles, like you say, are multi-segmental, but they're quite they're quite small compared to some of the other pectorals and and lats and people will often go to something like a deadlift first rather than taking it back and doing exercises like the the bird dog to condition and start to learn to control these muscles and fire these muscles properly and build that endurance because again we're looking for more endurance in these muscles than we are powerful strength as it were
1: Yes, and I think um, we can safely say that the starting point is always finding the neutral spine and, you know, having, uh, for example, the hip hinge with a dowel stick in the back, making sure that you can maintain the neutral spine when you bend over. So yeah. you don't only give the work to the extensor muscles or, in worst case scenario, flex fully through the low back where you lose the function of the extensive muscles. Yes. Um, and then from there you build it up. So you know, we want to make sure you have this this engram, this motor pattern, this understanding in your brain, um, in a subconscious way, where you maintain this position when you give the work to the the low back, which is so necessary and crucial for not only getting injured but also building strength. Yeah. Because if you if you don't do that, you you will reach the ceiling much sooner than you want to in terms of either building strength or or the amount of weight you're lifting off the ground so I think that's a very good um, uh, point and I think that if you as a listener understand that it's not about how quickly and how many weeks I can get to lift how much weight off the floor it's actually and this is a much, much bigger challenge for you guys it's actually how much can I stick with my my, my 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 posture and my technique. And if I do that actually over a longer time, I'm limiting the risk of injury, and I will eventually be a lot stronger, and I will have a lot more enjoyment in what is what could be looked at as a very uh, complex movement like the deadlift.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and kind of back to your point, um, which you alluded to, and I know we've discussed in a previous podcast, but back to the kind of line of drive and the function of these muscles, uh, in particularly with, with the deadlift if you look at the the research the one of the functions of these muscles uh, uh, the extensor muscles is to resist that anterior shear so vertebrae trying to slide forward on one another and if you're in a neutral spine when doing a deadlift the the angle of the the, the fibers posteriorly is around 45 degrees and they're, they're helping to pull those vertebrae back if you lose that neutral spine and go into flexion and again we always talk about drifting into flexion and avoiding it the line of drive of those muscles changes and they're much more uh, parallel in line with the spine contributing to compression and not resisting that sheer force or that sheer movement so if you then go and lift a heavy load you're at serious risk of of damage to those structures in the spine because again you're not helping the body help you by getting that posture right. And I think, again, we reiterate, it's all about keeping that neutral spine. And in keeping that neutral spine and exercising um, by putting stress through the muscles without them contracting and changing length isometrically still has a huge impact on building endurance and strength, more so than a lot of people would think that, I've got to move those joints, I've got to move those muscles to, to create strength. Um, And I've got to use a lot of weight through those muscles to to get any size or bulk. We've got to look at our end goal as always and say, well, why am I training these muscles? What am I trying to achieve? And really the focus should be improving that endurance, keeping that spine neutral. And over time, like you say, you're going to have a much more effective technique and you're going to be able to lift a, a lot heavier loads and challenge yourself a lot more if you train those patterns and movement patterns, well, initially.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: And just in, just again, for the listeners, we, we talk about extensors. I know we're, um, we're coming up uh, towards the end uh, of the podcast again, but we've talked about training these muscles. We've talked about how people are often ignoring these muscles. It is a group that they ignore, but, just for those people that have suffered back pain, what you often see is when they're in a standing position, they're often leaning a little bit forward and they're almost activating those extensive muscles constantly. Yeah. And that's yes. something else we want to try and avoid because if you, 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 can, you can put your, your hand on your back, on your lower back, as you're standing and kind of lean forward and back. And as you lean back, you kind of can feel them, them switch off and that's something again that we try and get people to be aware of, isn't it? In terms of yep. those muscles being constantly under contraction.
1: Exactly. Yeah. No. You, you, that's a very good point. I'm glad you brought that up, Ben. Uh, I term that the uh, the Russian soldier technique. I tell my patients, um, let's let's learn the Russian soldier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Basically, they look at me. They look at me crazy. You know, they look at me like I'm crazy. And um so what I do with my patients is I just get them to widen the feet a little bit, which means that the pelvis relaxes, you know, at the hip joints, and then i I get them to put the hands their hands on top of each other like a soldier behind their back, behind the behind the the hips, holding their hands basically, and then I get them to lean into the hips, so not doing any lumbar or low back extension, not bending through the back but actually leaning into the hips. So they push the hips forward. And so the shoulders are a little bit backwards compared to the, the hips. And then, the like you said, the low back muscles just turn off completely. And I, I make them feel this on my low back, how when I have my hands in front of me and I just stand up straight, my low back muscles are on. <clears throat> and if I put my hands behind my back and I just lean into my hips a little bit, how they turn off completely, you know, from hard to completely soft. And so, w- when they feel this and see this, they go, "Oh, wow, okay, yeah, now my back, now my back is completely relaxed." And if they have a little bit of a tight muscle, quite often when they do this, they go, "Oh, yeah, now it, it's, I feel it; it's completely off." Mm-hmm. And if you explain that concept to them, that having the muscles turned on all day means a lot more compression throughout the day of maybe an injured disc, and you know, if you just go into that posture that position you take the pressure off the back then maybe half of the, the day you're able to to have a lot less pressure through the, the injured disc
0: yeah and and obviously the muscle tension as well is, a, is another thing because having those muscles under tension all day in itself can become uncomfortable if you you know if you're finding that you're standing for long periods and this is something definitely to be to try and be aware of as always The advice is, well, what's the best posture, a variable posture. So if you're standing for however many hours a day, then you need to be giving yourself that opportunity to sit every half hour and and rest. And and the converse is if you're sat all day, it's standing every half hour and giving yourself a break. It's got to be an awareness and a habit that you get into, but when you're in those different postures just be aware of those extensor muscles on the low back and and as we say you can put your hand very easily on the low back and feel those muscles switch on uh, and switch off and and being aware of that helps you to just switch them off a little bit and take that tension out the muscle and take that compression out the spine particularly if you're you're suffering from back pain but as always uh, refer to the show notes we'll have a video on that because I think that's that's something that's quite important it's something that's very easy for people to do and start to adopt as part of their daily routine uh, as well as some of the guidance on on some of these exercises and and what we want to be focusing on for those uh, extensor muscles so as always refer to the show notes jump over to the to the website because we've got a lot of information on there to um to to help you visualize and see some of these exercises in conjunction with the information that we talk about on the podcast, because we appreciate with some of the uh, discussion points, it's always nice to have the the uh, video support or illustrative uh, support to, to better uh, visualize and understand some of these concepts. So thanks again, Jacob. I think it's, it's been another good episode talking about these, these posterior group of muscles. And yes, we are talking about them in separation to other muscles just for ease of listening and to introduce um the importance of these groups but as we keep referring to it's an orchestra we need to work these muscles together and as a as a unit and that's how and why some of these exercises that we talk about are so effective because they are making these muscles work together Um, next time we're going to talk about the latissimus dorsi that's a muscle that that people know very well and like to train to give themselves that v-shape But we're going to talk about why that's so important for back health, along with some of those other muscles we introduced at the beginning, the psoas and QL. So listen in next time for some important discussion points on those. And as always, head over to uh, iTunes, give us some feedback, uh, give us a rating, and that will help share the information with others that, that need that advice. So thanks again for listening, guys. Thanks, Jacob. And we'll speak again soon.